Trusting God's Economy, Part 4, by Apostle Jacqueline Fedor. Today, God's people are again in a kind of wilderness, much like old Israel. Only this time, it is the wilderness of Adam's world. The deserts created by man's economy and the evil fruit of their intellectual systems are now beginning to affect most all of us. Still, the promises are out there in front of us. God and life within His eternal kingdom is our promised land. Will we take the long way there as did old Israel? Will we insist on doing things our way, the way of Eve, and limit God? Or will we enter God's rest and do things His way? Can we let the Spirit lead and allow God's plans and ways, His economy, to flow through us? It's a battle in our minds. Can we be faith-filled, trusting children of the new day that have a part in seeing the world restored to the ways of the kingdom of God? Or will we demand the old ways, the world's ways, based on the knowledge from the tree of good and evil, because they make more sense to us? Whose field do we honestly sow into? We have the right to choose to remain in Christianity as Adam and sow time, effort, and money to those fields. Or we can be Joshua's and Caleb's with a different spirit, become a people that sow only into kingdom fields. For instance, God's business people should be unafraid of new frontiers and begin to trust in God's economy. They should wisely trust their lives to the one that says in Haggai chapter 2, verse 8, All the silver is mine, and the gold is mine and be obedient to the spiritual laws governing the finances within God's kingdom. Again, it is an individual choice, however. Hopefully, for the sake of the whole body, we will make the right decision and thus be blessed and given the finances to help back the plans God has for His family, allowing victory to materialize. Think about this. If we try to walk in Adam's world with godly kingdom principles, do you think Satan will bless us? Or if we try to walk in God's kingdom but live by Satan's principles, do you think God will bless us? Either way, we would be in no man's land. Or a better way of saying it would be, we would be no man's land exclusively. God says we are His land, His field, that He paid for with His life. If we have not totally acknowledged His ownership, Satan will take advantage of our indecisive attitude and lack of gratitude to devour us. God only protects His own, those that work with Him to build His kingdom. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9 For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. You see, we are made of clay with the life of God breathed into us. You could say we're a living land, the earth is already covered by tons of Satan's people to form the world as we know it now, and we at one time were very much a part of the dirt. But Jesus bought us back and jubileed us, or set us free. As the earth is covered or relayered by God's people, a new or restored earth will appear. The old civilization will eventually be covered over. Isaiah prophesied of this in Isaiah 61. Let us read a little bit of it, starting in verse 4. Isaiah chapter 61, verses 4, 7, and 11. And they, the children of God, shall rebuild the old ruins, 
They shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. Instead of your shame, you shall have double honor, and instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore in their land they shall possess double. Both covenants belong to Abraham's seed. Everlasting joy shall be theirs. For as the earth brings forth its bud, as the garden causes the things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. If you're a recipient of Galatians chapter 3, verse 28, please go back and read the whole chapter. All creation is waiting eagerly for this. Remember, victory for the delightsome land, Hephzibah, was won before the foundation of the earth. It's a done deal. God's economy will positively prevail over Satan's. Isaiah chapter 62, verses 4 through 5 says, You shall no longer be termed forsaken, nor shall your land any more be termed desolate, but you shall be called Hephzibah, and your land Beulah. For the Lord delights in you, and your land shall be married. For as a young man marries a virgin, so shall your sons marry you. And as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. We as his land will be married to the Lord, who is our promised land, and joined together we are the kingdom. We are Simchat Torah, his laws. We are the true family of God. We are Beulah. The married. Do we have the faith to walk this out? Are we really submissive to God? Can we get rid of our mindsets even though things may get really tough, even seem impossible? Are we ones that can jerk and pull the church loose from the grips of Satan and Babylon, which have just about completely consumed Christianity and lead God's people to the next phase? If we are, then it is important that we understand that just as the economy was re-established at the beginning of Christianity, so it must be re-established at the dawning of the church victorious, the eternal church. We can do it. We are well able to walk it out. We are Abraham's seed. Father Abraham had faith and his actions proved it. Ours should also. James chapter 2 verses 21 through 24 was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Think about this, and speaking on the subject of finances, can you sacrifice your surplus funds, your nest egg, to the storehouse to be used as God sees fit? Can you let go of your baby? Do you see that faith was working together with his works, and by works faith was made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed God and he was accounted to him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. He allowed God to hold the life of his child in his hands, no question asked. Do you have to be in control of the destiny of your money, or can you bring it to the storehouse, no question asked? You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. We must consider these things because all we have previously learned has been taught straight from the tree of good and evil, and our ways, the old ways, are not God's ways. Without realizing it, Satan may have shaped our thinking to the extent we have to actually become an enemy of God's plans. So, if we are claiming to be a part of the children of God, 
As the saying goes, let us put our money where our mouth is, and our works where our faith is. Let us truly be a people of faith, sowing time and money into His land as God gives us seed to invest. We need to get the ball rolling, so to speak, to demonstrate how God's way can really work. The Lord keeps saying, it's a new day, and there are new ways, in the song of the Lord. Did we really think our present understanding of finances would stay status quo? Everything else we were taught in the world was wrong, because we operated through the knowledge of the tree of good and evil, as Eve's descendants. So how could something as important as the economy escape Satan's attention? But you know what? Abraham's true children will be victorious. Amos prophesied of a time when the kingdom blessings would be so great and the land would reproduce so quickly that it would be difficult to tell one cycle from another. One would be sowing while another was reaping, so there was never a lack, because they shared in all things. It's God's way. He wishes for us to have abundance, live abundantly, and have plenty for all situations. When things are righted and brought in line with spiritual law through knowledge from the tree of life, then He will devour the enemy that pulls up our seed or sows so many weeds that the good seed is choked out. Israel's businesses will then thrive and His people will live in the promised abundance as they break free from their mindsets and become willing and obedient to live by kingdom rules. Isaiah says in Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19, If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. We are His field. And if we willingly share what has been produced through us with each other, by keeping the storehouse full, there will be no need among us. This will not happen instantly, as we have been doing it wrong so long. It will take a while to turn around. Let us read from the prophecy found in Amos chapter 9, verses 13 through 15. The scripture that we previously referred to, because it is such a clear picture of the security and stability of God's kingdom for those who will learn to trust in God's economy. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper, and the treader of grapes him who sows seed. In other words, the reaper and treader of grapes will share with those planting. So there should be food and wine for those in the beginning stages of planting. Likewise, when the reaper and treader of grapes are reseeding their crops, the planter will provide. There will no longer be dry times without provision for anyone. The mountains shall drip with sweet wine, and all the hills shall flow with it. I will bring back the captives of my people, Israel, those that were trapped in the world in Babylon. They shall build the waste cities and inhabit them. Their businesses will prosper as they sow into the kingdom, and the kingdom will multiply itself. They shall plant vineyards and drink wine from them. They shall also make gardens and eat fruit from them. There will be a day when God's people will have far more prosperity and life with abundance, simply because they are sowing into God's fields, who will in turn gladly share their harvest back with them. This is the good life and doing business in God's kingdom. This is how we prosper. Also, as we possess the land or bring in the remnant and plant seeds of truth in them, this is an example of God's land reproducing new crops, new gems, His treasures, and these become future land, and themselves reproducers. Multiplying for the Lord, He prospers and we prosper. 
So before closing, let us recap what we have studied. 1. We are the land the kingdom is to be established in, like a good topsoil, and we are to become the law that governs it. We are the law over unfair scales. Stealing, cheating, all worldly business tactics. 2. We are to love one another and share as if married to one another, and therefore be one land with God. 3. We are to do business with godly kingdom principles in mind, in obedience to the Lord's direction, even though God's way is quite different from the way we did it in the world. The Holy Spirit will direct rather than our intellect. As we learn to live through God's thoughts, we will automatically do things His way. 4. We must build His kingdom, not our personal one. His is ours anyway. So we can walk in faith knowing this, trusting this, and having the courage to act on it. And 5. Bring the surplus to the storehouse, so those He has chosen to distribute may do so. Otherwise, you become a block to God's economical flow. Malachi prophesied the result of our willingness to walk according to God's economy in Malachi chapter 3, verse 12. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, Hepzibah, says the Lord of hosts.